You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a way to end the year. Merry Christmas once more. I trust yesterday was great. So Christmas is not only about rice and chicken. It's about Christ. It's about Christ. I hope that your Christmas celebration did not exclude Christ. And as we are still in this season, in fact, the season that leads us into a new year and need us to be more conscious of the person of Christ in our lives. And let us spread his message of joy to our world. God bless you real good. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your holy name for this beautiful moment, for this time of worship. We do not take today for granted. Today is the last Saturday of the year 2020. A year that when we started it, we didn't know how we were going to finish it. It looked as if everything was topsy-turvy, but you have seen us through. And here we are standing by your power. Lord God, we return praise to you. The worship and singing cannot be enough. It is not enough. Even if we add a thousand tongues each, it will still not be enough. But we come with gratitude today. And we come with a heart that says thank you. Let our thanks be acceptable before you today in the name of Jesus. As we go into your word, O oh Lord Jesus, speak to us. You are the word. Lord God, speak to us. Let us know you more. Let us be more like you by reason of your word. In the name of Jesus. Let the time we will spend with you today, let it be meaningful in shaping our 2021. In the name of Jesus Christ, we shall indeed live the blessed life in 2021. In the name of Jesus Christ, blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. I'm so excited to be part of what God is doing here. And um, I do not take it for granted that you are here Saturday in, Saturday out. We bless the name of the Lord for how we started. The Bible says better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. When we started, we didn't know how this was going to be. But here we are today, the last Saturday of the year 2020. I'm so excited. Glory to Jesus. We have grown. You may not already see it, but people around you should be able to tell that you have you have grown. If you have been following and if you have been practicing, because it's not just about joining, it's not just about writing notes, it's not just about listening. In fact, it's not just about speaking, it's about doing. Those who get blessed by the word of God are the doers. Doers. And don't just do it once, do it daily until it becomes your habit or it becomes your lifestyle. Then your profiting will appear to us. Then kings will come to your glory. And they will see the brightness of your light. Hallelujah. We continue on our series. And in fact, we conclude that series today. The title of our series for December is The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. We are going to finish that series today. For those of you that have not joined us before, we started by reading the book of Psalms, chapter 1. And we read the entire six verses of the book of Psalms, chapter 1. To itemize, study, and elucidate on the do's and don'ts of the blessed life to say that fine while we all want to have the blessed life there are rules that if we neglect we will not be able to take hold of the blessed life and we started with the don'ts we started with the three don'ts number one the blessed one is someone who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly that was week one week two was talking about the blessed man does not stand in the path of sinners. Week two. Week three was to say 
The blessed man does not sit in the seat of the scornful. That was last week. Today we go to verse 2 of uh, Psalms 1. And we, we see the, the do's. You know, we've talked about the don'ts. But we look at the do's now. So verse 2 is talking about delighting, saying, Whose delight is in the laws of the Lord? And in it he meditates day and night. Perhaps we should just read uh, scriptures if you've got your Bible here. Uh, whether it's soft copy or hard copy, let's do it together. Hallelujah. I'm going to be reading from Psalms 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The way of the ungodly shall perish. My emphasis today is not about the ungodly, it's about the godly man. It's about the blessed man. We've seen what the blessed man doesn't do. But it is not what you don't do that defines you. It is both what you don't do and what you do. Hello? You are not a blessed man only because of what you don't do, but also because of what you do. So in the last three weeks, we've talked about what you don't do as a blessed man. What you won't do, the rules you will follow, the don'ts of the blessed life. We talked about it. So that's not our emphasis today. Our topic today is delighting in God's law. That is what the blessed man does. Again, the topic is delighting in God's law. So, what does it mean to, to delight in God's law? It means to have pleasure in God's word. That is, God's word pleases you. You are pleased. You have pleasure. God's word to you is like the feeling you have when you are on your PS5 console. When you are enjoying that game you love. When you are enjoying that movie you, you love. Pleasure. It's like excitement. Something that makes you feel, wow. The feeling you have when you go to an amusement park. The feeling you have when you're doing something fantastic. Something you've dreamt of doing for a long time. And you're finally doing it. You've never been in an airplane before. And there you are. The feeling you have, wow. I'm on top of the world. You've never been to a waterfall before. And suddenly somebody takes you to Victoria Waterfall. And you are there. You're feeling, wow. What a day. The feeling you have in the future when you say oh I, I like to be walked up the aisle by my father I'm standing in front of the priest and I'm exchanging vows with my husband to be that feeling you have is called delight you're just so excited that meal you have always wanted to have that special delicacy you have always wanted to have and somebody brings it to you the feeling you have when somebody brings it to you that's called delight do you understand so today we want to focus on in whose mind the word of God is something delightful. Do you understand? How you respond when you hear God's laws. Is it delight or something else? You know, what's the opposite of delight? You know, it's like you, you feel displeased or <laughs> you, you feel pained. You feel pained, you know. You know, sometimes when some things happen, we have this feeling like, oh no, 
I'm totally displeased. You know, the way many of us get displeased when you are driving on Nigerian roads. You're just dodging potholes. You know, it's not a question of you can dodge all the potholes. You have to choose which one you want to enter. The way you feel when you hear something nasty about the country, that feeling is a feeling of displeasure. The way you feel when last night stops you on the road and you know you have not done anything wrong and they try to harass you and extort money from you. That way you feel. The way the policeman stops you on the road and says, Oh God, wait in there. Oh God, bless your voice. Bless your voice. You know, the way you feel. That's displeasure. Disdain. That's pain. That's anger. So, do you know that certain people feel that way about God's laws? They have nothing. They don't want to have anything to do with God's laws. So, this is what we want to focus on today. Delighting in God's laws. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Alright. So, this law of the Lord, what, what, what does it actually mean? You know, to be honest, many of us, when, whenever we hear law, our mind just goes to the laws of Moses, the Ten Commandments. You understand? It's part of it, but it's not all of it. You know, when the Bible uses the word law and a, a book, I, will, I mean, uh, a chapter I will recommend to you in the book of Psalms is Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the whole Bible. It has 176 verses. I encourage you to read the whole of that book so you will understand the use of the word law in scriptures. And you will see different variants. When you, you hear law in the Bible, you say the, the law of the Lord, sometimes it refers to a rule. And if you have been following us, verse 1 is actually a list of rules. Blessed is the man. What? Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And after he mentioned all those, he now said, this is what will happen to him. A law is like saying, if so, 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 and so happens, this will be the consequence. Do you understand? Or to establish a principle. So sometimes when you hear law in scriptures, it may mean a rule. It may mean a principle. That is, what goes up must come down. It's a principle. That's not in God's law <laughs> anyway. But I'm just using it to explain to you what laws mean in scriptures. It can mean rule. It can mean principle. It can mean commandments, like the Ten Commandments. It can be a commandment just to say, this is what the position of God is on this. It can mean a judgment, a ruling. That is, this is God's verdict on this matter. It can be a testimony. God is saying, this is how this was done. This is how to do this. I'm a witness to this and I attest to it that this is the real account. This is the authentic account. So that can be God's law to say this is the account. Just like we have Newton's law and co that tell you, um, you, you talk about the third law, um, action and reaction are opposites and equal in magnitude. You understand? Just to establish a principle. Sometimes it's just to, to show what the values of God are. When you hear the law of the Lord, just to show his values. That is, these are the things God loves. These are the things God will do. Sometimes it's to explain his ways. Hmm? When you hear the law of the Lord, it might just be an explanation of God's ways. That this is how God will have so, so, so and so thing done. This is the position of God on so, so, so and so matter. And we know we established that there are two ways. The broad way leading to hell. The narrow way leading to where? Heaven. So, sometimes when you hear the law of the Lord, he's talking about the ways of the Lord. He's talking about 
how God wants something done. So I hope this, this foundation will, will help you to understand the rest of this message. So the law does not only mean 10 commandments. No, it does not only mean 10 commandments. And how, 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 how is this law, law in quotes now, how is it um, expounded? Sometimes it's expounded by the written code, which is the Bible. In fact, the Bible is a compendium of the laws of God, the ways of God, the values of God, the judgments of God, the testimonies of God, the commandments of God, the statutes of God, the precepts of God. And so these are some of the words you see all through scriptures in describing the way of the Lord. And at other times, it's just a demonstration of how God will have things done. So sometimes it's not just an express word written, but the Spirit writes in our heart what the will of God is. The Bible says, for as many who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So sometimes the, the, the law of God is not something written on paper, but it's written in our hearts. Do you understand? And in fact, this is God's desire, that the Lord jumps out from what is written on the tablet to what is written in our hearts. So our conscience are godly. Why? Because we are led by His Holy Spirit. As many who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Do you understand? So the law of God can be expressed in the written word, which is the Bible. At least everybody can read the Bible. Maybe not everybody uh, has the Spirit of God or is, is mature enough to allow themselves to be led by the Spirit of God. But at least everybody can read the Word of God. And that's why we always start from go to the Word. If you want to know the ways of God, the values of God, the rules of God, the testimonies of God, the judgments of God, the princes of God, the principles of God, go to the Word. Go where? To the Word. And why do we say go to the Word? The Word of God has something about everything. The law of the Lord is expressed on every subject. Think about every subject, any subject. Think about it. It's in the scriptures and I'll show you today. On every matter you can think of, there is a law of the Lord on it. Hello? Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Just hold on. Stay with me. We'll get there. There is a law of the Lord on every matter you can think of, on every subject you can think of, if you can find it. The problem is, what will be your attitude towards it if you find it? Will you delight in it? Will you be pleased by what you find? Because sometimes what we find in the law of the Lord is not pleasing to us. Because it is tough. Because its values, its standards are high. So sometimes, our immediate reaction is not delight. Hello? Follow me please. Sometimes, our immediate reaction to the law of the Lord, as we find it, his scriptures, his principles, his values, his standards. Sometimes, because they are so high, we try to have another reaction to the law of the Lord. Our emphasis, our prayer is that the reaction we have towards the word of the Lord will be that of delight because in it is our blessedness. But there are many times we don't delight in the word of the Lord. In fact, sometimes we debate the law of the Lord. Hello? Instead of delighting, we debate. We discuss the law of the Lord. What do you think the devil was trying to do to Eve in Genesis chapter 3? 
as the Lord said, <laughs> you should not eat of any of the trees in the garden. Why? The devil wanted Eve to fall from meeting up with the standards, the directions that the word of the Lord has given. The word of the Lord was very clear. Say you can eat any three here, except this one. And that's the problem we always have. We want God to give us unlimited freedom, unlimited data. You know, that's everybody's dream. Unlimited data. You just be browsing. No, God's law does not operate like that. He will give you freedom, liberty. But your liberty must have a proviso. There must be a condition. There must be an exclusion. There must be something you should not touch because some things belong to God. Hello? Not everything belongs to you. Some things belong to God. So the things that belong to God, He will tell you, this one, don't do. You can do every other thing. This one, don't do. And that's where we always have a problem. So we start debating it. How come we don't debate the many free things He has given us? We debate the one He has said we should not touch. They could have eaten of every other tree. I'm not sure they finished eating of every other tree in the garden. Hello? But they wanted to debate and discuss. The one God said you should not touch. That's, that doesn't look like delighting in the law of the Lord. They were debating the law, of the, the law of the Lord. And we know where that law landed them. The law landed them in a place called disagreement. <laughs> so at some point when they have finished debating. And the Bible said when she looked. She looked at the fruit. She said, ah, these fruits. Contrary to what God said. These fruits can make somebody wise. This fruit is actually good looking. Do you understand? It starts with debating. Don't discuss the word, law of the Lord. Don't debate it. Delight in it and obey it. So they started disagreeing. It cannot be true. God is wrong. We are right. You know, suddenly, we, we human beings, we are so proud. I don't get us. In our mind, we are so intelligent. We are the most intelligent beings on the face of the earth. In fact, in the entire universe, and by the way, the universe has many planets and stars and sun and moon and whatever else. So we feel that we are the most intelligent. God said in the beginning, the word of God said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Science says, no, it cannot be. There must have been evolution. It must have been a big bang. We disagree with the law of the Lord. Law of the Lord here means this is a testimony. Hello? This is God's testimony about how the world started. So science said, no, we disagree. You know how they got there? They started by debating it. It could not have been. How can one God just from nowhere come? Where did that God come from? But we understand from scriptures that the worlds were framed by the word of God. We understand by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's what scripture says. Hebrews 11 verse 3. So we start by debating. Next thing we come to a conclusion that we disagree with it. That is, we disagree with it. God said he created them male and female. We said, no, there must be more than one gender. There must be somebody in between male and female. They were born like that. God said, no, I created them male and female. If you find anything else, you created that. I'm not the one who created that. You created that. You were messing up. You were doing an experiment. You created that. So we disagree with God. It cannot be so. It can't be so. God said, it has been appointed unto man to die but once. After that judgment... People say, no, no, there is nothing like life after death. We are just here to eat food, go to beach, party, and die. After we die, we go. 
God said there is heaven and hell. You disagree. And because you disagree, you then begin to walk in disobedience. Hello? That's the third D. Fourth D is you discuss and debate. Next D is that you disagree. Because you disagree, you then begin to disobey. So if God says, because I have said there is heaven and hell, to enter my heaven, not your own heaven, no, to enter my heaven, the Bible says without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. So I require holiness. You say, well, because one, I disagree that there is heaven and earth. So I will disobey your laws. If you say holiness, I say to hell with holiness. I'm not interested in holiness. Do you see how this happens? We begin to now disobey the law of the Lord. And sometimes we can disobey to the extent that we are in delusion. Disobey to the extent that we are in delusion. I, I remember one King Saul. King Saul. <laughs> God told him, go and kill everybody in Amalek. Destroy everything and everyone. They kept some. And do you know, Saul still had the infantry to be telling the man of God, Samuel, say, I have obeyed God. Many of us are working in disobedience and we are giving ourselves a pass mark that we are obeying God. Hello? We have created our own standard. So we mark ourselves by our own standard. And say, see, that standard of God, I cannot follow it too. I will create my own and just follow it. And if everybody, anybody asks me, are you doing well? I say, mine, I'm doing well. I've created my own standards. There is another D that people can show as an attitude towards the law of the Lord. That D is called disdain. Last week we talked about the scoffers. The scorners, the mockers, this is what they do. They disdain the law of the Lord. Their own is that they are fighting the law of the Lord. They treat it with ridicule. The law of the Lord means nothing to them. Anyone they see obeying the law of the Lord, they even wash you. You know, they drag you on social media. They pull you down. They call you names. They call you SU. They call you Swagbe. They call you Jewman. They call you whatever. Just to make you feel inferior to them. Now, everybody is on the Broadway doing nonsense. So, the few that are on the narrow way, they make you look like you are in the wrong place. Say, if your way is good, how come you are there alone, lonely? Come and join the Broadway. So, there are some, their approach to the law of the Lord is disdain. But that's how not to be blessed. To be a blessed man, the Bible says, his delights is in the law of the Lord. And in his laws, he meditates day and night. So we must choose to delight in the law of the Lord. To say, I agree with God. I'm not going to argue with God. I agree with the Lord. I choose to obey the Lord. In fact, I am happy about what the Lord has said concerning these subjects. On that issue, on that subject, I agree with the Lord. Even though it is difficult, I choose to have pleasure in what the Lord has said. What has the Lord said concerning dressing? What is the world saying? God said in Exodus chapter 28 verse 2. He said dressing is for beauty and glory. The world says dressing is for nudity. Show some flesh so that the world will turn their heads when you are turning, when you are passing. As you are passing, let people be getting confused as they are turning their heads. There is a law of the Lord. This is the law of the Lord concerning dressing. Are you delighting in it? Do you want to show some skin, some curves, some cleavages? Because that's what's popular. If you don't put it like that on your social media and do, you're not going to get 500 likes. 
Because the world likes that. So it's, it's a battle. Do you want to live a blessed life? Or you want to live a famous life? You have to choose one. Being famous and being blessed are two different things. Being blessed means that the way of the Lord is what you delight in. And verse 3 is then your portion. Because you say you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. You shall bring forth your fruit in season. Your leaves also will not wither. And whatsoever you do shall prosper. That's the blessed life. That's not the famous life. There are two different lives. There are many people who are famous and in heaven, their name did not even enter the book of life. What is the use of the fame? What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? The Bible says, what shall he use in exchange for his soul? So that fame cannot be used in exchange for his soul. The number of followers cannot be used in exchange for his soul. The rating you have, the awards you get, the places you go to, the number of cameras that are on your face, on the screen of many TVs around the world, cannot substitute for the value of your soul. It cannot. The blessed life is premised on a life that delights in the law of the Lord. And in it meditates day and night. There is the law of the Lord in relationship. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4. It says marriage is honorable among all men. And let the bed be without defilements. Today, what is in vogue? Everybody must be involved in premarital sex. That's what's in vogue. That's what's in vogue. There is the law of the Lord in how you should do your relationship. And this is for the older people listening now. I'm not talking to teenagers now because you have no business in relationship now. Your relationship will be with the Lord and with your parents and with your siblings. But for the elderly people who are listening, there is the law of the Lord on relationship, on courtship, on every issue. Are you delighting in it or you are disobeying it? Do you disagree with it? Because you see certain people come to argue. They will come to social media and argue with that position. No, forget that thing. That's old school. It cannot work in 21st century. You are debating and disagreeing with the word of the Lord. I think you may also be disobeying. The right attitude towards the word of the Lord is delight and obedience. 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 If you delight in it, you will obey it. God has his law on work. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 10. He said he would, <laughs> will not work. He should not eat. Today, we have a bunch of lazy people who think they can beg their way into prosperity. It cannot work. You cannot beg your way into prosperity. The law of the Lord is clear on work. Diligence. You must not be lazy. You must do your work. You must, you must be found at your duty place. It says, the hand of the diligent beareth rule. See, as thou a man diligent in, in his work, he shall stand them before kings and not mean men. It's in the scriptures. It's the law of the Lord. These are his values and principles. Do you understand? You cannot violate it and expect the result of the blessed life. You must delight in it and obey it. That's how you get what the word of God has promised on. Is there a word of the Lord or the law of the Lord on honor? Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. In fact, this is the first commandment with a promise. In fact, it's the first commandment towards people. You know, the first four commandments are toward God. 
the remaining six in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 are towards mankind. This is the first towards mankind and it's the first with a promise. Say, honor your father and mother. This is the law of the Lord on principle of honor. Honor kings. Honor all men. Hmm? Today we live in a society that does not like the word honor. Once you mention honor, they say, oh, you are worshipping people. There is a difference between worship and honor. Honor is honor. Hello? Don't, don't tell me you don't understand the difference. Honor is honor. Give honor to whom honor is due. We live in a generation that says they are woke. So anybody can be insulted. Insult pastor. Insult president. Insult governor. Insult parents. Insult teacher. Insult your boss. Insult everybody and anybody. You can't be living like that and say that you are looking for a blessed life. You can't. The law of the Lord is clear on honor. Do you delight in it? Do you do the law? That's how to get blessed. That's what? How to get blessed. And don't tell me I'm preaching law. I'm not preaching law. I'm preaching principles. What am I doing? I'm preaching principles. I'm not saying follow these um, rules uh, of men. No. It's the rules of God. The ways of God. The principles of God. The values of God. The precepts of God. The statutes of God. The commandments of God. That's what the blessed people follow. And they get blessed. Their blessing is not accidental. It's deep-rooted. They are planted. It's deep-rooted. It's not accidental. It's not what they do in one day. It's what they do for a lifetime. Delighting in the word of the Lord. Is there the, war, the law of the Lord concerning giving? Of course there is. Say so those who sow sparingly, they reap sparingly. Those who sow bountifully, they do what? They reap bountifully. Honor the Lord with your substance. These principles are in scriptures. If you like, follow that the freeze and be fighting it. The blessed life is a life that honors what the Lord has said, delights in it, and obeys it. And I can go on and on about different ways that the law of the Lord has been expressed. About our body, for instance. This body. In fact, I think there's a scripture I would love to read. I'd love to read this one. Turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse... Um, I want to read from verse 12. I've been mentioning a lot of scriptures today, but we've not been reading them. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Read from verse 12. Okay, um, just a minute. Yes, I'm there now. Paul, the apostle speaking, he says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. <laughs> God will destroy the body and destroy the food. Oh, interesting. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Can I read this again? Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Hey! What is the word saying about the body? It says your body. Do with it what you like. Paint on it whatever you like. Write on it whatever you like. 
Do with it whatever you like. People come to social media and throw their naked body on social media. Because in their mind, it's their body. No. The law of the Lord says, hmm? the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. It says that your body is not your own. It's for the Lord. The shape that you are so proud of, that you want to flaunt, he said it's not for you. It's for the Lord. The endowments you are claiming you have, because boys are hailing you, you are feeling good. Or is it girls that are hailing you because of your six-pack? He said it's not for you. And it's not for sexual immorality. It is for the Lord. Hello? I know you don't like that. It is for the Lord. That's your beautiful face. The Bible says it is for the Lord. You better use it to give him glory. It is for the Lord. Are you happy with this? <laughs> Do you delight in this? Or are you rebelling and saying no? Maybe on Sundays for the Lord, but the rest of the days is for me. I will do with it as I like. All I need to do is to, you know, paint it a little bit, make it a little bit different, so I can attract certain kind of people. Say no, it is not for attraction; it is for the Lord. Selah. Young people, use your body for the Lord. Use your strength for the Lord. The Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That body has been bought. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's not your own. It's, in fact, you were borrowed. You borrowed that body. It belongs to the Lord. The Lord wants to inhabit that body. He wants to flow through your hands to do miracles. He wants to speak through your mouth to deliver nations. He wants to, to write through your hands to bring people to his light. He wants to use those legs to run for him. It is for the Lord. Your body is not for you. It belongs to God. It's for the Lord. It's for the Lord. There are different, different laws of the Lord about different subjects. On hospitality, on love, on, on forgiveness, on kindness, on sleep, on food, on whatever it is. Discover the law of the Lord in his word, in his scriptures. And obey it. Because it's in obeying it that you get the results promised by it. That's when you get the result promised by the word of God. That's why your blessedness shows. That's where your fruits begin to come. That's where your leaves begin to blossom. That's where you begin to prosper. Whatever you do prospers. It's in delighting in the law of the Lord. How can you delight if you don't even discover? How can you delight if all you do is debate? How can you de delight in it if all you do is disagree with the law of the Lord? If all you do is disobey the law, the law of the Lord and disdain the law of the Lord? How can you delight in it? How? But it's not only delighting. Verse 2 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law, He meditates day and night. In His law, He meditates day and night. You see, this is where the problem is. <laughs> How can you even meditate on something you don't have? Hmm? So you cannot meditate until you are saturated with the law of the Lord, with the word of God. You cannot. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. He said, let the word of the Lord dwell in you richly. The word of God. Let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom. 
if you don't have it, you can't even meditate on it. Do we all meditate? Yes. Maybe not the yoga style. Hmm? Everybody thinks about something. What you meditate on is what is most prevalent in your mind. So if all through the day, all you were doing is Facebook, you will only meditate on the things you see on Facebook. If all the day, all you were doing is listening to Niger music, all the uh, Zlatan, uh, all the uh, Davido, all the Wizkid, Bonaboy, if that's all you listen to all through the day, I guarantee you, you don't need effort. That's what you will meditate on. In fact, I think there was a time in this country before all those uh, Nigerian artists became more popular. People used to go and buy all these small, small booklets where they would write lyrics of hip-hop songs made from U.S. And they would be cramming it, cramming it, meditating on it. Hello? It's because they delight in it. So, because they have starved themselves with it, that can be the only thing you meditate on. If all you do during the day is playing PS5 or playing Zuma, or playing cards, or playing whatever other game you are playing, my brother, my sister, I can't deceive you. That's the only thing we meditate on. But that doesn't have to be the case forever. You can change that by stuffing yourself up with the word of God. So when it's time to meditate, those are the things that will come. It begins to change your life. It begins to change your views. It begins to change how you think, what you see, what you spend your time doing. At night, when you dream, as you finish dreaming and you open your eyes, what does this dream mean? A word of the Lord will come to you and say, this is the meaning. Why? Because there's this pattern in scriptures. And when so, 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 so thing was shown, the Bible says this was the meaning. Or you begin to connect. See, the word of God cannot jump to you if it is not stored in you. Hello? You say, oh, I just received a word. Something jumped. He's jumping from what you have stored in the reservoir. Empty reservoir, empty jump. If the word of God is not in you, the word of God cannot jump to you. Then you will now have to rely on external supply. And that's dangerous because that's not how God wants to lead his children. He wants to lead his children primarily by his spirit in them. Through the instrumentality of his word in them. When you now don't have that, that's why you begin to check horoscope. Should I go out today? Should I not go out today? Will I be lucky today? Will I win jack uh, jackpots today? You know, you begin to... To, to gamble through life. You begin to rely on fake prophets. There are a lot of them out there. Fake pastors, fake apostles, fake teachers, fake people everywhere. You begin to rely on people who don't even know where they are going. Because you are not discovering and delighting and doing the word of the Lord. Revealed in scriptures or printed in your heart by his spirits. Are there benefits? Of course, yes. That's what this series has been all about. There are benefits to delighting and meditating in the law of the Lord. Your blessedness is not complete. If all you do is avoid the advice of the ungodly, you avoid the path of sinners, and avoid the seat of the scornful. If you do not delight in the law of the Lord and meditate in it day and night, your blessedness is not complete. Why? Because in meditating in his laws, the Bible says in verse 3 that you will bring forth fruits. There's fruitfulness in this activity. The Bible says your leaves also shall not wither. There is attractiveness in this delighting and meditating in the law of the Lord. It says also that whatsoever you do shall prosper. Do you know why it says whatsoever you do? Why? Because 
a person who delights in the law of the Lord, the things you will do will be in alignment with the law of the Lord. Therefore, it will prosper. Hello? It doesn't mean that it's a blanket, whatever you do. If you gamble, you will prosper. Mm, that's not what you want. the law of the Lord is saying. It doesn't mean that if you cheat in the exam, you will prosper. Because if you delight in the law of the, the, law of the Lord, you will not gamble. Hello? You will follow his principle that those who do not work should not eat. You will work. It says the hand of the diligent bears root. You will work. It says go to the ants. You go and read Proverbs chapter 6. You will go to the ants and see that they work. That in summer, in winter, they are covered because they work. Hello? You will understand those principles. Therefore, whatsoever you now do will prosper. Are you getting me? So you will not go and gamble. And you will not go and cheat in exam. Because you are flouting the rules of a constituted authority. I've never seen an exam where the, the school, the principal or YAC will come and say, in this exam, everybody, you are permitted to cheat. You are permitted to smuggle in things that are not allowed. Nobody is going to tell you that. So if you find yourself cheating, doing microchips, writing answers on your, on your legs, or putting a textbook under your table, you are violating the law of the Lord, which says that you should obey constituted authorities. Hello? Are you with me? So when it says, whatsoever it does shall prosper, is in sync with the fact that you know the law and delight in the law of the Lord. So then, whatsoever you do, that whatsoever is inside the ambit, the framework of the law of the Lord. Do you get it? So, there is that benefit of prosperity. But that's not all. If you read Psalm 119 verse 105, the Bible says that word will guide you. That word will be like a lamp. It will guide you. You will not walk in darkness. It will be like a light. Your feet will not stumble. It will give you guidance. When everybody is confused, that word will come to you and show you light. So that you will not walk in error. You will not walk in darkness. That word, Psalm 119 verse 9. It says that word will keep you pure. See, how can a young man keep his ways pure? It says by delighting in the word of the Lord. Hello? In fact, I think there's, there's, one, um, there's one exercise I think we should do. I know many of us will not read the place I, I mentioned before. That we should go and read the book of uh, Psalm 119. <laughs> it's too long. That's what somebody will be saying. 176 verses. So I'm not going to read 176 verses. What I will do is I'm going to read the 8 verses. 8, 16, 24, and so on. Because there's something very instructive there. And we'll do it quickly. Listen. The Bible says in verse 8, it says, I will keep your statutes. Your statute is another word for the law, right? Oh, do not forsake me utterly. 16, I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. This is the psalmist. This is a man who knows how to delight in the law of the Lord. He's a writer of what we've been reading. Psalm 1 that we have been reading all through the month of December. This is the writer. This is his own experiences. It says, your testimonies also are my delights and my counselors. That is, I derive my advice from what your testimony is. Hello? Because I know that the word of the Lord stands short. It says, I will run the course of your commandments. For you shall enlarge my heart. Hallelujah. He said, Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. Longing in God's precepts can revive somebody. Hello? He says, My hands also I will lift up to your commandment, which I love. I don't hate the Lord's commandment. I said I love it. And I will meditate on your status. Be like David. David, 
in verse 48 says, I will meditate on your statutes. I go to 56. This has become mine because I kept your precepts. There are many good things that will become your own if you keep the precepts of the Lord. Verse 64. It says, The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. I go to 72. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Say palata. He said, the word of the, the mouth of the Lord is more than gold and silver. I don't know what you are chasing, but this is a man who has seen it all, who has had it all. A man called the man after God's heart. He says, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. That means I delight in your law more than gold and silver. Is that your testimony? Is that how you feel about the law of the Lord? Verse 18. It says, let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes, that I may not be ashamed. Those who follow the statutes of the Lord will not be ashamed. It says, revive me according to your loving kindness, so I may keep your testimony in my mouth. Verse 96, it says, I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. We mentioned this earlier. The law of the Lord is broad. Everything and anything has a place in the word of God. Why? Because God has seen it all. Has seen it all. He said, I have seen the consummation of all perfection. That is, I've seen everything. However, your commandment is exceedingly broad. I go to the next one. The next one is 104. He said, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. You can obtain understanding by reading the precepts of the Lord. By following the example of the Lord. He said, you can have understanding. Are you struggling with understanding your way in life, your path in life, a subject in life, a position in life? Go to the word of God. You will find understanding there. Verse 112, it says, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. So it is not enough to, to just delight. You have to perform. You have to make it your habit. You have to do it daily. Verse 120 says, My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgment. That is, I hold your judgment in awe. I'm in awe of your judgment. I revere your judgment. Verse 128, I love you so much. I love you. Pay attention. It says, Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things, I consider to be right. And I hate every false way. Mark this one in your Bible. All your precepts concerning all things. Two things here. That is, God has a precept concerning all things. Then number two, it is correct. It says, I consider to be right. You have to take a decision to say, this word of the Lord, I choose it to be right. I believe that it is right. You know, Romans chapter 1 verse 28, some people, they chose to not retain God in their knowledge. This is the opposite. Say this one. I choose to believe your word. Let all men be liars. Let God be true. Let God be true. I don't care what science says, what history says, what archaeology says, what religion says, what my culture says. God is right on every subject and any subject. God's word is correct. It's right. Verse 136, rivers of water run down from my eyes because men do not keep your law. It breaks the heart of blessed people when they see a gross neglect 
of the law of the Lord in the society. The righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. 152. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. God is not going to change his testimonies. He's not going to say tomorrow, oh, I, I made a mistake. I didn't create it yet. Uh, it happened by a big bank. It's big bank theory. It's evolution. No. God is not going to do that. Your testimonies, they are what? Founded forever. They are life. The entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. I love this psalm. It says, I keep your precepts and your testimonies for all my ways are before you. Verse 176. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. We go astray when we forget the commandments of the Lord. You shall not go astray in the name of Jesus. The Lord will restore as many people who have gone astray, who have followed the word in disdaining, in disagreeing with, in disobeying, in dishonoring, in debating the word of the Lord. You shall be like the blessed man who delights in the law of the Lord. This is our charge to you as you bring this series to a close. That be like the blessed man. Don't stop at avoiding the, the pathway of sinners or working in the council of the ungodly, or sitting in the seat of scoffers, but also make sure you delight in the law of the Lord and meditate in it day and night. Your profiting will appear to work. Why? Because as you meditate, that meditation in the word of the Lord will lead you to a place of prayer. And that's where we are going next year. By the grace of God, in January, our series shall be on prayer. We'll be teaching on prayer and we will be praying. Sometimes we will pray, sometimes we will teach. I need you to invite your friends. January is a time to lay foundations. It's a time to create your year. It's a time to create your future. It's a time to make declarations. The Bible says, I shall also decree a thing. And it shall be established. I invite you to be part of what the Lord will be doing through us in January. As we focus on the theme of prayer. The Lord bless you and keep you. You will finish this year strong. As you have seen the last Saturday of this year. You will see the last day of this year. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord will keep and sustain you. The Lord will uphold you with his hand of strength. In the name of Jesus. He will stand by you. You will finish strong. In the name of Jesus. You will start 2021 strong. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus name we pray. I enjoy you to, to be part of us on the... Um, 31st, that's Thursday, 10 p.m. We will be having our crossover service as a church, Foundation of Truth Assembly. Bring all your loved ones and enter into 2021 strong. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly headquarters on 40 stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street of Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.